Well, welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Lori and I are so excited to spend some time with you today. And there's a topic, Laura, I'd love just to talk a little bit about, and it's a bit of the culture that we're in right now that kind of enhances this experience of being super authentic and being honest. Okay. And there's a scripture I've been kind of looking through and just meditating on found in Matthew 12 about the man with the withered hand. And I know what you think, how do those two things go together? The man of the withered hand and culture being authentic. <laughs> it seems a little strange. But I feel, I feel like in this season, I've just been watching on Instagram and different things. And I'm, I'm actually not on social media right now. And I've been trying to ask God, how do I come onto social media in a way that is a bit more, it's healthy and what do I have to bring? I'm what still d- waiting for your funny videos. Well, I was supposed to do it, but I'm in a season right now of uh, <laughs> lo- not that much joy, not that much joy with this house thing. So I'm I have like, waiting for your funny dance videos. Listen, I'm watching. It's coming. It's coming because Jay and I, I know I probably, this is probably what I should be like. I should be doing that. Cause look at my mind. No, off it. No, no, no. Just with all the showings, Joking. I don't have much time no, to be it's like true. dancing around Thank my house. Know. I'm dancing with a mop is what I'm doing. Yeah. The mop and dusting. Yeah. There Gosh. you go. There okay. you go. My house has never been so clean, by the way. Oh man. It must be so nice. Well, the clean part. Yeah, I just haven't lived in it. Every uh-huh. time we eat, I'm like, clean that up, put that away. So anyways, it's actually, actually maybe I should just tell my kids we're showing our house all the time. <laughs> so anyway, okay, I'll let's it. I digress. But with culture, you know, watching, there's been a lot of people sharing, this is how I am, me too. Like this whole, like, I'm going through this as well. If you're going through this, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing because we never actually had even felt permission to be honest with our struggles. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I love that. However, I've just been struggling a little bit with like, where does that go? It's wonderful to be like, this is hard. This is hard. It's okay. It's okay. But what do you do with that? Like once you put that all out there, what do you do? And funny enough, as I've been reading about um, the man with the withered hand, it has literally kind of brought me to like culture and how we as a church can be counterculture in the way we respond in this way. God has asked us to be authentic. I think that's a beautiful space God's bringing us to. However, it's not about us just staying in that space, but we've been talking about resiliency and endurance. We need to go to God and let him do a transformative work. Teach us through it. It's one thing just to sit in that space, but then God wants to take us from that space and actually do something in the midst of it. And I think that's where culture doesn't have that piece right there. They have this piece in the middle, which is awesome, but they don't have that, that other piece. You're looking at me, are you about to say something? You're looking no. like your mind is about, no, <laughs> look like you have this look on your face. Oh, like no, your brain I'm just is enjoying it so much. Okay. Like yeah. you're about to say something. I'm leaving room here. I'm just going on a tangent. No, so I love it. Keep with the story, I'm going to read about Matthew. It's in Matthew 12, and it's about Jesus healing on the Sabbath. And I'm going to go just fast forward here. There's a man that needed healing, and he's on the Sabbath. And so Jesus speaks to this man. You can read about this in Matthew 12. And the Pharisees had this rule, like, you don't, don't do anything on the Sabbath. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to heal. Like, this is good. This do is, good on the Sabbath. We're going to do good on the Sabbath. This is God's heart. And so he says to the man with the withered hand, hold out your hand. So the man held his, out his hand. And it was restored just like the other one. And I've just been meditating on the withered hand and thinking about this man. Oftentimes we read in scripture a story and we forget these were actual real people. <laughs> this was a real person yeah. and having a withered hand. Just like you and me listening today. Yeah, no difference. And I, I think, okay, there's multiple scenarios to this. This is where my mind goes. Okay. First off, like if you had a withered hand, if, if I had a withered hand. Okay. 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 
first off, it would be so hard to have a hand. I'd probably hide it, dress it up. Well, now, nowadays, I probably like wear yeah. a fancy glove. I don't know what I would do. Okay. I would try to mask it. But yep. imagine how embarrassing it would have been that time. This wizard, withered hand, it would have been inability to work at certain things, oh, yeah. do certain things, provide a certain way. But the embarrassment of a withered hand. Secondly, God's asking you to put out your withered hand in a crowd. It's not even like Jesus is just talking to him personally, one-on-one, show me your withered hand. He literally invites this man right. to come vulnerably in front of everybody and stick out his withered right. hand. Like he's basically saying, expose in front of this crowd right now your greatest vulnerability. Your greatest vulnerability in front of a crowd. And not just friends, Pharisees, like people he everything it's a tense environment yeah like there's like there's a little bit of like conflict happening here and then he gets pulled right into the middle of this conflict to be like stretch out your withered hand in front of everybody right now and so he stretches out his withered hand well he's actually doesn't even say stretch out your withered hand oh he's just stretch, stretch hold out your hand stretch out your hand has stretched your hand so he stretches out his hand and it's restored that's a good part Lori. he stretches his hand and it's restored because he could have put his other hand out it's true i don't know wow look at he could have put his other hand out maybe he wanted maybe jesus was going to hold his hand maybe jesus like he could have put his good hand forward too right you don't like it's interesting in the story that's a really good point i never even thought about that he, he it's interesting that he he naturally felt that he trusted jesus enough to put forward his weakness when <sighs> he just said stretch out your hand why like, you're gonna hold my hand what what are we what are we doing here he doesn't know what's going to happen, but he does extend his greatest vulnerability, right? Lore, I never even thought about that, that he could have stretched out his other hand. I didn't even think about that. That's so amazing. But he stretches out his hand in front of everyone and it's restored. And I think this is where I've just been thinking about in our lives, where we all are in this story. So we're, I've been all of these things in the story. Okay. And I've probably been the one that stretched out my good hand most of the time. Okay. I've been everything in the story. Okay. <laughs> You're like, hey, <laughs> oh, I'll just, yeah, I'll just put that one. I'll put my fancy nail polish on my withered <laughs> hand. I'll dress it up with lots of jewels or I don't know, bedazzle oh, it. You I'll bedazzle are it. so awesome. So you don't really see how withered so it is. You know, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I, totally. I've done Covered it. everything Covered to this. Yeah. But I think like, you know, there's some for stretching out your hand is the greatest difficulty being vulnerable and i identify probably the most with that stretching out your hand and saying like i am in need i am vulnerable i need healing that is the hardest thing to expose the vulnerability the weakest most vulnerable place for some maybe perhaps you have stretched out your withered hand but it's actually become part of your identity like there strangely enough it's been part of your narrative is like this is hard this is who i am this is how it is and that's where it stays all the time and I think this is where God is saying, like, I don't want you to stay just like culture in this place of vulnerability and authenticity. I want to move you to my transformative work because all glory is God. And any of those other spaces, it's all about us. Every space until it gets to God. And he's like, and then it was fully restored. Like he not only, he fully restores like the other one, like fully makes it whole and new. So I just want to kind of unpack a little bit of what your thoughts are on this scripture and I love even you talking about the other hand that even that man <laughs> knew to say, like, I, I trust God enough. So I just want to just unpack a little bit of that, because I think in the culture, this is the counterculture of the church. It's saying, yes, we need to come into the authenticity. But then where do we go with it? And this is Jesus. This is about Jesus. 
Oh, that's honestly, it's profound. And I can't wait to dive into this a little bit deeper. But I'm going to take a little side note because I want to just do a little plug for HeartStrong. If you're listening today and you are not a part of our HeartStrong journey, we just want to invite you to be a part of it. And HeartStrong is really just a gathering of people that gather at six o'clock in the morning on Zoom or eight o'clock at night on Zoom to unpack and go through the scriptures. Now, there are various ways that you can connect to HeartStrong. So you can come and be a part of our live groups. That would be amazing. We would absolutely love that because we get to see you in person. But if not, if that doesn't work for you or your schedule, or you're not able to do that at this time, you can just join by following along with the Bible reading plan, following along with Sunday services at lifecenter.org. And so if you go to lifecenter.org right now and you just scroll down on our homepage, all the instructions are there for how to get involved in HeartStrong, for how to download your training plan, your Bible reading plan, how to get connected. We would love to have you come. And the reason I say that is because we are unpacking um, the withered hand, this chapter of Matthew in HeartStrong. And so I I just love I love that we get to do this in a little bit more of an in-depth way in our heartstrong journey together so that was a little side note now I'm back um, the story of the withered hand really is such a profound story and I love the perspective that you brought it forward in Rhonda from that perspective of vulnerability from that perspective of need and what we see in the person of Jesus again and again and again and again is that as he connects with people who have need, he often asks them a question. There's often an interaction. Like he already knows what the need is, but he's looking for some sort of interaction or initiation of saying, this is my need. This is my desire. This is, in this case, he's saying, stretch out your hand. Okay, I have a choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to put forward my weakness or am I going to put forward my strength? There's There's this choice. He's saying, show me your need in the question of stretch forth your hand or in the instruction of stretch forth your hand. And this is the thing with Jesus that we see again and again and again. Like Jesus is looking for hearts that are humble, hearts that are soft, hearts that are actually in need and in recognition of that need. And so even for us, and I can agree with you, Rhonda, that I've spent so much of my life like struggling to actually just say what I need. Like it's just been a very, very difficult thing for me. And I just think, wow, am I, how often have I been postured away from receiving the gifts, the provision, the healing that Jesus has available for me because of my posture of not being willing to show my need or acknowledge my need or state my need. And so coming into this season of recognizing, oh my goodness, like these are my weaknesses, uh, a culture of repentance and confession, all of this space of living out of a place of humility and weakness really is to place Jesus in that spot as glorified in our life, as the one who has what we need. Our acknowledgement that I need you postures me in a place of receiving that transformative work of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just about like, do I understand what the scriptures say as we unpack them and we go through the stories? It's not just about like, do I have more knowledge about that? It actually is all designed to bring us to a place of humble confession and recognition Mm. that everything that we have need of is found in Jesus. And he's continually inviting us to come. He's continually inviting us to say, 
lay your need before me. What is it that you have need of? I love there's a scripture um, just a couple of chapters before that actually says that your father knows what you need even before you ask it. And I think for me, again, as somebody who struggles to be able to verbalize often what I need in a season, even if I'm in a season of great need, even if I'm going through like a really uh, a deep struggle, like I can say I'm going through a hard time. But if somebody says, what do you need? It's, it's difficult for me to articulate what I need. Sometimes I don't even know what I need in a season. So to hear that my father, my heavenly father actually knows what I need even before I ask brings me so much comfort that I can just rest in his provision for me. Even if I don't have the words to say, even if I don't know how to articulate the need that I have coming to the place of recognizing I am in need. I don't know exactly what I need, but I trust that you know what I need even before I ask is such a comfort to me mm-hmm. in this whole conversation. And I feel like that's a part of the full cir- circle moment of this sort of authenticity culture of like trauma dumping and like, I'm going to just air all of my like deepest, darkest, everything out for any whosoever will like oversharing, like all these things to what end this is the first full circle moment of like okay our authenticity our need comes back to a person Mm. who has the provision Mm. that is needed so we don't have to actually sit and just create an identity in that place we actually can receive healing and that's the point and jesus pointed to this again and again and again and again those who have ears to hear, let him hear, are those who recognize that they have a need. Those whose hearts are soft and recognize that they have a need and Jesus has the answer or the provision for that need. So that's really profound. Oh, I love that so much. So I I feel like this is such a profound story that we've heard preached about but it's yeah. not it's not one that's often talked about yeah. it's such a short it's yeah. such a short little thing yeah. we don't even know the no. man's name no for nothing sure. we just for sure. know no, it's just he a had little a story just a little story yeah. in the midst yeah. of this whole thing of yeah. fighting and the ser- this yeah. sabbath and all of that but you recognize like here this man god is jesus is showing here a physical illustration of something the pharisees were completely overlooking that they were just as withered like they had withered hearts, withered lives, spirits that they were compensating with religious heirs. And this was their identity. Right. But God was saying, right. no, you're just as a need. You just can't see it. You just can't but see I'm it. showing you physically, yeah. spiritually what you yeah. need. I am showing you right here, right in yeah. this moment, spiritually what yeah. you need, but you just can't yeah. see it. So let's talk for a minute about, um, you know, when we are in a place where we recognize that we have a need or we are in a place where we recognize that there's a brokenness like how do we actually bring that need or bring that brokenness to jesus and what does it look like to trust him with the provision like what's the practical side of like how we do this we we say this is what's happening but like how does one actually bring themselves right this is this is an Um, a story that is a physical example of something that happened. So it's easy for us to visualize Jesus, the person, the man here on earth came Mm -hmm. and met this man. But like, how do we do this now 
at this time, at this place that we are in the story of the gospel being unfolded with the poured out Holy Spirit, with where we are in the story now, how do we actually do this or live this out in the way that we see this in the scriptures? Well, I think it's definitely comes down to believing like you have to have a relationship with Jesus and know that, yes, he physically walked the earth, but there he is no less present than he is with you right now with his very spirit in you. So I think that's the foundation. Like you actually have to have an understanding that Jesus is with you. Like you are not alone. And I think as we've been talking about in previous um, podcasts that this space from Jesus being with us and bringing our need is emotionally inviting Jesus into a space of brokenness, not into a religious space, not into a space where I've got it all together or God will come to you when I feel like I, I can actually, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm better. I'm, I'm better. better. I'm bringing I can a, fix a it. better self. Yeah. To, yeah. Bring him into that space yeah. of vulnerability yeah. and intimacy. And Jesus, I'm going to just going to go back for a second because I think that's powerful. Like, G, like recognizing that you have a relationship with Jesus and that Jesus is with you. What that actually means is that like the poured out Holy Spirit, his literal, the spirit of God is fills us, is with us, is in us, is a part of us in our inner soul, heart, wherever you kind of imagine or feel that, you know, believe that to be in your innermost self, that the spirit of God is with you, walking with you. So it's not so much like a tangible external, but, but the presence of God inside with you. Yet at the same time, the other incredible thing about Jesus being with us is that because the Holy Spirit is also in you, Rhonda, you actually can minister to me. And in a sense, be not you're not Jesus I don't ever want to say that I don't yeah, that yeah. be heretical no. but because the spirit of God works in you that there's a tangible sense so when when I come to you and I'm vulnerable that the spirit of God can actually minister to me through you in prayer in words so that's sort of the the tangible sense that we have of God it's through the body of Christ it's through other believers mm -hmm. that can come alongside and walk with us and these are the ways that God is with us he's with us actually inside of us but he's also with us because of the body and in his body and through his body. And that's why it's so, so important for that activation to come in every single one of us that we're constantly like listening for opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus mm. extended to other people, to mm. people who know him, to people who don't know him, because God wants to use us in that very tangible and very practical way to come alongside and to walk with people because he wants to heal. He wants to always, all the time. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. He wants to do this. And so those are, I'm, I'm just going back to your very first he is with us and this is what it looks and feels like that. on a practical level. I love that. And I think that's why he even says like, don't forsake the gathering together because when you're going through things, like I think that was exactly like those two pieces, like recognizing Jesus with you, recognize that Jesus wants to, like he's in you, he's with you, he's in you through the, and with the Holy Spirit, the deity, like we have the fullness of God working inside of us. The very spirit of God indwells within the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. That's amazing. Even that in itself is just, we could podcast about that for days. Like that's phenomenal. That's an awe and a wonder, actually an awe and a wonder. However, we 
it's allowing then God to go to those deep places in our lives, inviting him into that space that's hard and then inviting people into it too. And I think that's why he says, don't forsake forsaking um, the gathering together because I have to say, no matter what I'm facing, no matter how hard it's been, when I come to church, something happens. When you engage in family, all of a sudden joy fills your heart that maybe that morning you were just overcome by your circumstance. You can get prayer. You're, you can ask for help, ask for needs. We can come together and realize we're all in this together and I'm not alone. And I think all those pieces work together, Lord. And I think this is a beautiful piece that God is showing us in this season specifically that not only do we have the spirit, not only do we have the fullness of God's working power within us, he's given us the body with his hand, with his expression through the body to minister to us as well. We have everything here provided for us through the Holy Spirit and through the body of Christ that we can live fully together as a family. So I think this is exactly what our culture is longing for. This is what they're longing for. This is the other side. This is the answer to the other side. But I agree with you. I do agree with you that like I want a takeaway for even your and my generation who sort of grew up with not having space to really express how we really felt about things like it was very much a stop mm-hmm. crying pick yourself up keep going like yeah. you know like even as a child when you fall and hurt your knee there's no coddling like none it's like you're fine it's a pat, quick pat <laughs> on the back and like keep going like there's yeah. right there's so none of that that space so i i do agree with you and i i want to acknowledge that i do see in the generations to come like this beautiful embracing of weakness this beautiful mm-hmm. embracing mm-hmm. and there is a beauty in that and i i want to even maybe speak prophetically that maybe even in that space like it really is a posturing for the need for Jesus Mm -hmm. just there's not a recognition in you know I'm saying in the masses of that yet but that that is a a ripening and a posturing because we're not going to find it the other way we're not going to find it in the pharisaical hyper over religious rule-based you know we're not but in this space of like yeah really recognizing weakness owning weakness you know we don't want to sit there and let that become the new identity we are you know, being made new in Christ and we want our identity to be in Christ and as followers of Jesus and as his children. But there's something beautiful that we're learning how to embrace and walk and also Mm. normalizing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sort of this space of, yeah, I'm going to acknowledge my weakness. I'm going to put forth my weakness first, that that doesn't actually, um, that's not all of me and I can, I can do this. And my doing this also gives you permission to do it, mm. right? It's that beautiful shared vulnerability that mm. when I'm vulnerable, then you can be vulnerable too. Mm. And I think all of that is so beautiful and so healthy. And we both just want to acknowledge like that all of that is the good. But again, the dangerous side is sitting in that and actually, again, holding on to the withered hand. And I actually want to live with the withered hand because the withered hand gives me a lot of attention, gives me mm-hmm. a lot of affirmation. It gives me whatever, whatever, whatever's on the other side of that. Like, I just want to stay here. There is more. Like the point of the withered hand being um, held out to Jesus was healing. 
Like that was, and there is so much on the other side. I can't even imagine that man's testimony, like what he must have told people that knew that he had lived his whole life with a withered hand that, you know, from that day forward that he had two hands and he could testify to the glory of God, to what Jesus did for the rest of his life. Mm. And, and I mean, the story doesn't go into it there, but I wonder how transformed Mm. his heart and his life was that even from that day forward, you know, was he a completely different person because he was touched by Jesus Mm. because he had that interaction by Jesus. Like I would imagine that would be so. Mm. And I just love to think about that. And that's what God wants to do for every single one of us. That's what Jesus wants to do for every single one of us. He wants to transform us and make us new And make everything about our lives different, whether we have a withered hand or not. It's actually not even about the withered hand being healed. Like exclusively, there's an inner, deeper work that God wants to do for every single one of us that goes far beyond just an external physical healing. And that's the beauty of the gospel. And that's the beauty of this good news for each and every one of us. I love that so much. So today, I think the encouragement is whether it's a, a real step of faith for you to expose your withered hand, do it do it. Be authentic. Take a step to be open for the purpose of restoration too. Like step into that space of vulnerability. Step into that space. For some of you, it might be that is revealing your withered hand, whether it's to a friend, whether it's to even in your prayer life, maybe you've never actually been acknowledged need or said, God, I feel like I can just be honest. Maybe that's never been a part of your prayer life or even in friendship, or perhaps you're a leader and you felt like you have no space for vulnerability. Find someone and start to practice that. Start to let yourself go, like expose that need. And then some of you, you may have a withered hand that has become an identity. You have gotten attention from it or there's been a whole world run and you've just never brought it to actually have healing. Like God wants to heal something in that. Like God has allowed that to be exposed to heal. It wasn't just to be exposed to bring glory to yourself, to bring more attention to you. It's actually meant to be used for God. And so perhaps you had a withered hand that you've just haven't dealt with and brought to Jesus, bring it to Jesus. And at the end of the day, we just want to say like, it's all about Jesus, our story, whether it's exposing the withered hand, whether it's holding out our withered hand, the end of the story is Jesus healed and restored. Yeah. That's the end. Yeah. And so we want to encourage you today. And the reality is some of you, we recognize, you know, you're going to live your whole life with a withered hand. Like Mm. you're not going to see the actual, external yeah. healing yeah. that maybe you imagine that's this is this is his story that's not necessarily going to be your story but the truth the the truer the deeper story that's at work in all of this is that god wants to go and do the inner work in mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. in every single one of us and he's so gentle and he's so kind and so again if you are someone who's going to live through your whole life with a withered hand whatever that represents for you that's okay that's mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. You can still invite God in and he can still do that inner work, that soul work, that soul healing and that transformation that he wants to reveal himself to you. And he wants to be Lord of every aspect of your life because that's not a limitation to him. No, I love that. Absolutely like I not. love that with God, that even the physical limitations that we have or the personality limitations or the financial, l- you name it, relational, the life financial. limitations that we have, right? 
those are not limitations to God. No. He actually can go beyond those limitations and do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think or imagine. And please, as well, we don't want you to ever hear that we think that if you're talking about your weakness, <laughs> that you're just trying to get attention. That's not what we're saying. No, we're no. just saying we, we really want to encourage you in this conversation to lay down all your weakness before the Father and just let him do the work that only he can do in the midst of it. You don't have to sit in it. You don't have to create an identity around it. You can really allow the transformative work of God. And despite whatever limitation you have to live with, he can work in the midst of it. And that's that's the miracle. That's the miracle working God that he is. So is. I hope that you uh, heard the conversation in the heart that, that both of us were sharing it today, because I do think that there is something so, so beautiful and such a beautiful invitation for us. You know what, Lord, that's the word that just mm. came into my mind. We're not even focused on, it's just, we're talking about count, like countercultural. What do we do? Yeah. How we've learned. Yeah. But what do we do with all of this? What do we do? But I love the word you just said. It's an invitation. Mm. This is an invitation for you to allow Jesus to be present mm. with you in yeah. your present circumstance, no matter where that would be. Yeah. And so exactly what you've said, there's no shame, there's no guilt. It's just the Holy Spirit's going to tell you and the voice recognition, follow it. Whatever you're sensing the Holy Spirit telling you today, that is the invitation is no matter where you are, like, yeah, that's a physical story, but actually it's a reflection of a spiritual story that we're all in. And all of it are in it. And so, but you may have a physical thing. You may, like you've talked about that you just, that's part of the journey. But you know what? Where you started to where you're going to be, God's constantly growing and maturing. And it's amazing sometimes I look back in my life and I think, yeah, there's still a withered space that has never fully, there are still withered spaces in my life that have never been like, I'm not looking for perfection. We're not always going to see it, but I can see where God has restored little by little and where I'm a different person than I was even a year ago, two years. The point is that we become more like Jesus and let him do the work. And so I love that. I love how you close that. This in no way is casting any type of like you're authentic or if you're this or whatever it is. We're just saying be let the Holy Spirit into that invitation and let him do a fresh work. I love that, Lord. Mm. So good. So well, good. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We love you. And join Heartstrong. You're going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> Bye.